at Memphis now. They added Jay Crowder and Josh Jackson, and and all of a sudden, Valanchunas is there, and Ja obviously is going to be leading them. Yeah, like They're ja. dangerous. They're just dangerous. They're not dangerous. Yes, they are. And then look Skip at Memphis is dangerous. These are not cakewalk games anymore. First of all, Skip, the West is low. Memphis is known for barbecue, low. not basketball. Well, I'm just and saying that's are, the worst team. And, and the Grizzlies, they're yeah. not dangerous. Now, Memphis, you watch the first 48. Memphis can be very dangerous. Mm. That's that's the danger I'm talking about. Mm. But not no Grizzlies. Mm. And you didn't say that. Tell me, you did not just say that. Oh no, you didn't. Wait a minute. No, you did. And welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Coming to you guys wherever you may be, however you may be listening, man. We definitely appreciate y'all for checking us out once again. We are back in a full effect, man. The crew is here. We've been ready to go, man. This uh, little hiatus we've been on, man. But we're back ready to give y'all some more Deliberation Sports fire, as we do each and every time. Of course, I am Josh Midget, along with my guys of Deliberation Sports crew, Evan DeVold and Justice Bowden. Justice, man, as we always do, let the people know how they can follow all things Deliberation. They can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, Instagram, Facebook at Deliberation Sports Podcast. Also, we had a Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. And to subscribe, they can do so via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Podcasts. To be honest, wherever podcasts are hosted, or hosted, just look for the Liberation Sports Podcast. That's it. That's it. Y'all check us out. Stick and stay. We got you with the hottest interviews, hottest takes, and best information and conversation on all things sports. So, guys, as uh, most of y'all probably heard introduction of the show, you already know what we're going to start off with first, man. It's been kind of taking Memphis social media by storm. And that is the man himself, Shannon Sharp, from the co-host of the show Undisputed on Fox Sports 1, had some uh, less than complimentary words to say about the city of Memphis, not just a team, but the city as a whole. And you already know how Memphis is. You know, they jumped on that from the get-go, and they're still jumping on it as of right now, including my Facebook page when I posted the video. Uh, a little bit earlier. So, guys, let's just get right into this. What do we think about the level of disrespect that Shannon Sean has put on the city of Memphis's name on a national stage? What do y'all think? Who wants to go first, man? Well, I, I, I'll take it first because I woke up this morning, and uh, obviously I'm on the West Coast, so I probably uh, caught it a little bit after everybody else. But all I can say is I was hot. And, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp, he was a guy that up until now, I had some respect for him in, in some ways, even though you know, he, w- he would run off on tangents, especially as related to LeBron James and, and some of these other topics. But, uh, you know, it, it almost seems like him and his family, like they were some former Memphians that got put out of Memphis. You know, I know he's from Chicago. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he just came off like a real clown, as if he doesn't know uh, about Memphis basketball. And this is from high school to, to college to pro, uh, you know, Memphis is known for basketball. That's one thing, you know, I, he talks about barbecue and blues and, and all this different stuff. But, uh, you know, Memphis has always been known as a basketball city. Then he takes it a little step further and, and with some some undertones as it relates to the first 48, which I really didn't like. So he tries to bring that into it as if Chicago, where he's from, is, is not a place where, you know, six, seven hundred murders or, or thirty shootings in one weekend is is not uh just an every every week every day occurrence. So uh, I take I take offense to what uh, Shannon Sharp said, and uh, you know I think we just need to line them up. However that goes, we need to line them up. Line them up, knock them down, no doubt. Evan, man, what you got, man? Let's, it's your time. I'm gonna hand you the brick. Let you 
let you go on and, and take your turn on Shannon, man. What, what you got? Well, it's just another example of the national media ignorance when it comes to the basketball history of Memphis. Uh, we dealt with it about a year ago with Dan Dockage. We dealt with it with the Hiring of Penny Hardaway. People just refuse to either acknowledge or learn about the history of Memphis basketball. To sit here and say Memphis is not a hoop city when that's the only sport that we're known for, period. You don't hear nobody saying Memphis is a baseball town or a football town. Memphis is a basketball town. And you know what? It is known for its purity of basketball. Memphis is known for great grassroots basketball. They're known for college basketball. The least they're known for is professional basketball. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a guy who played football. That's it. The only thing Shannon Sharp knows about when he comes to basketball is Ryan LeBron James Jock. That's all he knows. And I'm a LeBron fan, and I can tell you that's all he do. So, to me, it's just a clown. T- and I don't want to call him a clown because I promise you, up until 12 hours ago, I was a huge Shannon Sharp fan. A huge Shannon Sharp fan. But when you're talking, you got to know what you're talking about. This right here came from a place of complete ignorance. He had no idea what he was talking about. He was just rambling his big-ass mouth, and he said something that was just absolutely false. Memphis is a basketball town. You got people on the Twitter thread that he can't – and it's another thing. Did y'all see the, the tweet that he went back at a Memphis fan for trying to educate him, telling him to get the fuck out of here? Yeah, ignorant. So when somebody's trying to educate you on something that you don't know, you get defensive and cuss them out. So to me, Shannon, you lose cool points for that. I'm not going to go hard on you like we did Dan Dockage because Dan Dockage actually is a basketball analyst who knows Memphis history and still refuses to give it credit. I'm just going to tag Shannon as he just did not know. And I agree with Justice. The first 48 comparison was just stupid. Man, you from Chicago. You from the most dangerous city in America. You have no room to talk, bro. Like, don't come check up on my house if your own porch ain't clean. Clean up your own porch, then come check for me. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, that Porsche got a whole lot of trash on that thing, man. It's, it's crazy. But one thing about Memphis, and you got to love, man, that everybody's going to ride for the city. And that's what they're doing all up on Shannon's head right now. Hey, so. I, got one, I got one thing I do want to say. Shout out to Anthony Miller, man. Shout out to Anthony Miller. He got on that boy head. Like, you check out Anthony Miller Twitter. Anybody who's been going to Memphis lately, he's been on that head, man. Shout out to Anthony Miller, man. Man, I hate I missed that. I gotta check that out. Oh yeah, Anthony Miller, he'll fire you up, just like he fired up uh, a guy we're gonna talk about a little bit later. But yeah, Shannon Sharp, uh, just you know the blatant uh, ignorance. I'm gonna say because uh, you know throughout the '70s, you know when they, when Memphis was in the uh, Memphis State was in the national championship game, the '80s and, and, and mm-hmm. with the Keith Lee, you know Andre Turner era, the '90s with. Uh, Penny Hardaway in Memphis State, Lorenzo Wright, you know, when it became University of Memphis, uh, even the, the days of, you know, Derrick Rose and Tyreek Evans and, and all those guys. Memphis has had good basketball teams in, in just about each decade. Uh, so that's, that's why I just find it hard to believe that, that he would say something like that. But nonetheless, um, the thing I like about being from Memphis is, is proving others wrong. And so I think in this case right here, you'll find very quickly that he's going to be proven wrong, whether it's, it's now or later. And, and so, uh, but, but yeah, he, he uh, what I've noticed is not only him, but Stephen A. Smith and a, and a lot of other uh, big time or, or, or national analysts seem to try to put Memphis down when they're attempting to lift up some big market team, whether it be, New York or the Lakers, especially teams that have struggled as of late. You yes. hear them talk about, well, uh, you know, no, not about Memphis. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith was very upset when uh, the, the Grizzlies landed that number two pick and were able to get John Morant. And, and so uh, it, this is not the first time we've seen an ESPN or, or a FSN or national analyst uh, take a shot at the Grizzlies. But I think uh, at least this time uh, Memphis has had enough. And, and I, I Good luck, Shannon Sharp, because you 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 you're probably gonna get fired up pretty soon here. 
no doubt. And I'm going to tell you something, nothing ticks me off more than watching a national analyst talk anything in Memphis, whether it's, you know, the Grizzlies or the Tigers, even football-wise. And you can tell they don't have a freaking clue what they're talking about. It, nothing ticks me off more than that, man. At least do your homework. That's your job. That's what you're getting paid all this money for, is to talk sports, to be knowledgeable about everybody, you know. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, it, it, it bugs me up. I can't even lie to you. Uh, but, yeah, so Shannon Sharp's getting his, so that's that's the good thing about it. And I do agree with Evan, too, or both of y'all. I really, I really had a lot of respect for for Shannon. Um, I'm not going to completely throw, throw him in the garbage or anything, but this uh, does knock him down in my list a little bit, no question. But next thing that we want to get on is, speaking of Memphis, Memphis football. Now, we've talked quite a bit about it, especially during the season, uh, but it's been a while, and there's been a lot of movement when it comes to Memphis football, man, with some guys, some familiar faces are no longer here with the program, moving on to the NFL, but there's still some high expectations heading into this coming football season with Mike Movell and company. Uh, you look at different projections, things look really, really good so far, even losing the likes of Tony Pollard and uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, two of the best at what they did, and two guys that I think are going to do Memphis proud at the next level. But, Evan, man, how, how you feeling about uh, what we got coming into this season and uh, the football team? Well, first off, we're going to get a real good test uh, the first game of the season when we come up against Ole Miss. Now, you got a lot of Ole Miss players talking noise, the fans talking noise. You got them saying that, hey, they're mad because they're the little brother. Uh, Ole Miss player Jalen Jones, I, I believe that was his name, he came out saying that, hey, he knows that we're the little brother and we're jealous of him, so we're going to come out and play hard because we want to prove that we can play with him. Look. If you go by roster, and if you go by, let's just say, the past two seasons, really you could go the last four or five seasons, honestly, it would be no surprise, not if, but when Memphis beat Ole Miss. That's not a surprise. Ole Miss is not good. The last time Ole Miss was good in football was because they were cheating. That's it. Ole Miss has never been good in football the right way. Period. You got to cheat to win. So you're talking about being in the SEC. That's fine, but understand you are a bottom feeder in the SEC. You have never been not in the bottom unless you were cheating. Houston Nutt was as good as you're going to get in David Cutcliffe. That's it. You're a middle of the pack at best, but usually you're at the bottom of the foot of Alabama, Tennessee when they're good, and I hate to say it, but they've been good. They got a national title. And, mm -hmm. you know, the likes of LSU. But outside of that, Memphis will be Ole Miss. But I'll look at their schedule. I want to go through their schedule real quick. They got Ole Miss. That should be a win. They got Southern. That should be a win. They got at South Alabama. That should be a win. They got Navy at home. That should be a win. They got at Louisiana Monroe. Win. At Temple. I think that's a win. Tulane at home. At Tulsa. Versus SMU at home. At Houston and at South Florida are going to be your two hardest stretches in the season because Charlie Strong, he's going to have South Florida pretty good again, and uh, Houston is going to be pretty good as well. And then you finish the season out at home against Cincinnati. I think if they can get past Houston on the road and South Florida at Tampa, I think they got an opportunity to go undefeated. I really do. I think this Memphis team had an opportunity to go undefeated. I'm not the only person who thinks that. You go through a lot of tweets from national analysts. They feel the same way. They feel the same way. They feel like Memphis has an opportunity to go undefeated. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this. It's two guys who I think is going to have a big impact on what happens. Of course, on the center, you got Brady Wright. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to improve his play this year on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, T.J. Carter is going to have to be that T.J. Carter we saw as a freshman. He's going yeah. to have to be a catalyst on the defensive end. 
if those two are playing at their best all season, I think this University of Memphis team has the opportunity to go undefeated and go into the American Athletic Conference Championship with opportunity to play in a BCS bowl game. That's a good point. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to Brady White, you all know, you know, how critical we, we, we were of Brady last year, you know, and especially myself. And, you know, uh, I, I'm like this. And I don't regret none of it, by the way, if you all listen to whatever. I, I don't regret none of it. I meant all of it. But that being <laughs> none of it. But I'm going to tell you something. Hopefully, I'm not saying he's a, uh, a scrub or anything, right? But he was a beneficiary of a ton of talent. Now, they still have a lot of talent, but hopefully his confidence has increased. Because I feel like that was that and his arm strength, which I don't know how that, you know, how that's going. But I feel like his confidence was not there all the time, you know, in a lot of these games, especially in situations he's on the run or, or whatever the case may be, especially under pressure. He was terrible. But um, hopefully that improves this year because he's going to be huge because I still don't have a lot of trust in the backup quarterback situation for Memphis. That might be one of the main misses heading into this season. Hey, yeah. Josh, I want to throw one thing before we get to Justin. Yeah. I think that T.J. Carter rallying that defense up is going to be more important than the play of Brady White because whether we like it or not or like him or not, I know people question him a lot. Mike Norvell offense is going to get you 30 points a game. It is. It is. That defense is known to give up 50 points a game. Yeah. <laughs> that defense improving is more important to me than Brady White approving. Now, that I'm not saying that I don't want to see improvements from Brady Wright, but I think the most pivotal side of the ball is going to be improving for defense. T.J. Carter has to be the captain and the leader of the defensive side of the ball, and he's going to, make, he's going to have to make sure that defense is approving if they even want to think about going undefeated. If that defensive side of the ball don't improve, I wouldn't be surprised to see this team drop at least three games this year. Mm. That's a good point. I'm going to tell you, O'Brien Goodson as well, who I like, big nose tackle. I was reading that he's lost a lot of weight. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious how that's going to be an impact on him on the line because sometimes you don't mind a big nose tackle. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But Justice, uh, what, what you think? Well, I, I've got $400,000 worth of reasons why Memphis's defense may indeed be better this year, and that is Adam Fuller, uh, the defensive coordinator who, who Mike Norville hired away from Marshall. He'll make $400,000 this year. Uh, mm. That's big-time big money for uh, an American Conference uh, defensive coordinator. And he's going to need to earn every bit of that. And every dead on, that defense is going to be very important for the Tigers. But I want to point out that Brady White is as critical as we were on him. He had Memphis right there with a chance to uh, win the conference championship. And so, of course, you know, a lot of that's going to be contributed to Tony Pollard and, and, and Doyle and uh, Dorsius, who was just, just awesome. Um but when you look at the talent that's coming back, let's not forget, Patrick Taylor is going to be very important for this team. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year uh, yeah. alongside uh, Dorothea. He comes back. Uh, they've got a Trevion. I, I think it's oh, 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 Justice, uh, Justice, Justice. Yeah. We, 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 we're forgetting Daryl Henderson. That, that's that, yeah, that's what I meant. Not Doyle and Doyle. <laughs> Daryl Henderson. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a long summer. It's been a long yeah, summer. Darryl Henderson didn't have him at the doorstep. He just rolled uh, Daryl Henderson back. Like, oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, what, that's what I meant. Not, yeah, Daryl Henderson. Not Doyle and Dorsey. So, yeah, correct me on that. But uh, I, I think Patrick Taylor and that offensive line are going to be key because, as we know, Brady White being flushed out of the pocket was something that became problematic for the Tigers, especially uh, during, during games where it rained. So let's hope that that offensive line is going to be sturdy and, and able to really protect White and that he's more comfortable in the Norvell system uh, his second year. But he had solid numbers. In fact, really good numbers. If you look at his numbers alone, you would think that you know he was a prolific quarterback, but it's just he was surrounded by a plethora of uh, wide receivers and running backs who could you know, pile up yards after the catch. And uh, among them was Daryl Henderson, Patrick mm -hmm. Taylor and uh, Tony Pollard. 
So, but TJ Carter definitely going to be important. Uh, but the Tigers, they're favored in just about every game. So when you talk about matchups against Navy, which have been problematic in the past, of course, the big game against Ole Miss, but also uh, big games against Houston. And if they can play well in those three games, I think they're going to have a chance to do what what has not been done in the history of uh, Memphis football. And that's not only win an outright conference championship and win the uh, conference uh, championship in the postseason, but go undefeated. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at the schedule here. I can definitely see undefeated, but I can't help but think about the point Evan made about the defense. And, I look at South Alabama, at South Alabama, and I can't help but think about last year, how South Alabama looked like, uh, darn near looked like the St. Louis Rams, you know, greatest show on turf in the league last year with the way they were running up and down the field uh, against the Tigers defense. So uh, hopefully that's not a sweeper. I don't know how good they are. But, um, you know, that shouldn't even be a game that you're worried about, but it's just one of those things. Uh, you know what I mean? But as far as Brady, man, like I say, he's still the beneficiary of a ton of talent, even now. And I'll say something else, too. DeMonte Coxey is an NFL-caliber receiver. Again, NFL-caliber. I think he is a star, not just good star. If you had a quarterback, maybe like Riley Ferguson or something that could throw deep balls, I think you would see – Maybe not Anthony Miller-type numbers, but some big-time numbers from Kofi. So hopefully they can take advantage of how good he is uh, this year with the deep threat and, and doing all that type of thing, along with the running game, which I think will be there because they still have some good young running backs that didn't get a lot of time because of uh, how much depth they have. So we'll see what happens, man. But I'm looking forward to this season, and we'll see, man. But last thing I'm going to say, and I don't want to be missing negative. But when it comes down to it, Mike Novell, as good as he's been, in crucial situations, has to be better. He has to be better in crucial situations and decision-making because it's bitten us too many times, including against UCF for the past two years. So hopefully, and UCF's not on the schedule, so that's, you know, I don't even know what they're going to be like this year, but it is what it is. But I, I just have to bring that up. I got one more piece. All right. mention tight end, Joey Magnifico. Yes, Magnifico. He's got weapons <laughs> in his arsenal. Yes, he does. He got weapons around him, man. So if he have a bad season, it's because he deserves it. It sure ain't going to be because of lack of talent. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt at all. So I'm looking forward to the season, man. Um, then the Tigers are always clean with those jerseys. So that's always something to watch for, too. So Hey, John, yeah. let, me, let me throw a corkscrew in you real quick, man. I want to get – I'm going to do it early. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to predict the undefeated season. Justin and Josh, what y'all got? Woo! Justin, you go first. Let me brainstorm. He, he's asking whether or not I'm predicting Memphis to go undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm an optimist, so I'm I'm riding that way. Um, yes, sir. I'd like I'd like to go ahead and put the pressure on them to go undefeated, so I'm I'm gonna roll with it. I got them going undefeated, taking out Ole Miss to start the season. Yeah, and Ole Miss, like as I said, I don't think it's gonna be as big of an upset as people like to say it is. But it's always good to whip up on those those uh, Oxford boys down south, you know. Well, I, but, I can't uh, remember a time where they went in the old bit and, and handled them. So, um, with this with this being a road game, the last two games I can remember them winning against Old Miss have been at, at Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. So, uh, one being a couple of years ago when Memphis was uh, ranked high, and so was Old Miss. And the other time was when Eli Manning was playing there. So Those were the two times, and, and D'Angelo Williams hey, just ran wild on them. Hey, Justin, this this a home game. Memphis is back at home against Old Miss. Yes, sir. This is a home game. Yep. Oh, oh, just, they, are in, they are in trouble. <laughs> See, and what's so stupid about it, the guy, as if Memphis, the fan base needed to be fired up anymore. I mean, he just lit a match, poured gasoline over the Memphis fan base. And that place is going to be crazy. Uh, you in, know. Fact, in fact, Josh, uh, 
can you do me a favor? We're actually yeah. going to take a brief pause, but can you play that quote? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right. Let's just take a 10-second pause, and we'll, we'll listen to it. All right. Now, guys, what, what you what do you think about that quote, Evan? What what you think? Well, I just think it's just a guy who plays in the SEC and look down on the Power Five opponents. It, it, it is what it is. Um, Memphis is still second fielder to Central Florida, who gets the most respect in the American Athletic Conference, and rightfully so. We've had our opportunities against them, and we haven't come uh, become successful in not one of them, but. At the same time, the kids don't know his history. Memphis haven't taken too many L's against Ole Miss in recent history. They just haven't. I mean, I can even remember when we was putting Eli Manning on his ass at the Liberty Bowl. And that was one of their, I don't know if it was straight up, but they didn't get caught cheating getting them. So, you know, that was one of their most successful years without cheating. So it just comes from a, a arrogant kid who – Plays in the SEC, looking down on non-Power 5 schools, probably tore up letters from schools that weren't Power 5. And it just comes from a guy who just probably don't know his recent history. Memphis has kicked Ole Miss ass a few times in recent history. So just get prepared for it to happen again in about three weeks. And I got to tell you, Ole Miss needs to learn that place a little bit because, yeah, you're in the SEC, but you're kind of like the redheaded, you know, little step-cousin, you know, in the SEC because, you know, you're there, but besides that, the years that Hugh Freeze was cheating his butt off, you know, it it, it, it ain't been nothing but the middle of the road. Uh, for no, old not to that, when, when, when Hugh Freeze was cheating, Kim Deach and them came down here and got their ass kicked anyway. So it really don't matter. Yep. Did, did, did Kim Deach ever recover from that hit? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still laying on the um, – what was that, the, the one-yard line or whatever that was? <laughs> I mean, I mean he, left, he left the Liberty Bowl. He was stunned. But yeah. I just I just think that uh, the Memphis fans are going to respond. I know they got on the young man, uh, Anthony Miller. You know, he made reference to his uh, his nose, um, something along the lines of a big, big nose. Boy. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a, a, a bunch of uh, Memphis fans with uh, – SpongeBob mask or, or, you know, fake noses or something along those lines. I think they're going to do something to kind of let it be known that uh, – Cucumbers, man. He called them a cucumber yeah. nose, man. They need to be – There you go. Cucumber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was – I don't know now. The number of cucumber challenges I'm seeing on Twitter, I don't know if they need to get those out. Yeah, uh-huh. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now, they're going to have to cut, they're gonna have to cut up the cucumber first. <laughs> so, uh, tomatoes and pepper and salt in there. I can't give them out whole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that one. Uh, oh, man. Hey. Hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All I know is I love to see some Memphis fans with that Anthony Miller tweet on a big blown up poster. You know, and a whole bunch of them holding it up in the end zone. Oh, that, that would be epic. Yeah, a big mural. You know how, how the fans can take a bunch of posters and make it into one. Yeah. And have the uh, yeah the cucumber imposed on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> and have one of the girls. Well, no, nah, never mind. I ain't gonna do that. But uh, hey, man. So next topic. Before I go completely off the rails on that, Mrs. Basketball. Of course, has been the biggest topic in the city, despite everything else cool and good that's been going on. The Grizz have been doing some good things. Tiger football as always, but Tiger basketball is still king in the city of Memphis, and uh, this offseason has been made even more evident, man, with all the great news. Y'all already know about the star-studded recruiting class, but now we're getting close to the point where we can finally see these guys in action against somebody other than themselves. And it's a crazy uh, regiment of training they've got these guys uh, doing right now. So we got the Bahamas coming up. Um, Evan, what you thinking about how the team is looking, and uh, what, what what are you expecting? All right. So 
can I start off with what I want to see first? Yes. I want to see them mess up. I want to see them mess up on defense. I want to see them mess up on offensive sets. I want to see them get beat on defensive drives. I want to see them get beat on defensive assignments. I want all the wrinkles to get out in Bahamas. Because once we tip off in the FedEx form, I want to see a show. So get all your wrinkles out early. Get up, get your team arguments out in Bahamas. Get If it's going to be some jealousy, which a lot of people think will end up being, I don't personally think so because it looks like these guys get along perfectly. If you look by social media and if you be in the gym with them, it looks like they get along perfectly fine. If that's going to pop up, get it out the way. Get all the bad things out the way in Bahamas. So when we get to the season, the Dan Dockages, the Seth Greenbergs, you could put the Shannon Sharks, you could put them to rest because just put on the show the whole season. So, but what I am looking for outside of the mistakes, I'm looking to see how Penny Hardaway handles his rotations because even though it's going to be scrimmages, he's going to get a glimpse of the rotations he want to have in the season because unless he does a closed scrimmage, which I'm not sure if he did last year. This is going to be probably the only time he gets to see them against another team outside of scrimmaging against each other every day in practice. So I'm I'm interested to see his rotations. I'm interested to see how James Wiseman is looking against other grown men who are professionals in that country. I want to see how he performs against them. I'm looking to see can guys like Boogie Ellis Speed translate to the next level. I'm looking to see can guys like DJ Jeffries advance in the next level, which I'm hearing he's looking real well. And I'm looking to see can Lester Keone's shooting translate to the next level because he came in on campus a little bit out of shape. So I'm looking to see how those freshmen are going to come in at the next level. And most importantly, I want to see how Tyler Harris, Alice Lomax, and Isaiah Maurice progress from their previous year. That's going to be the biggest thing to me. If Isaiah Maurice, Alice Lomax, and Tyler Harris are progressed in any type of fashion, they're going to be okay. So, I'm just looking to see the arrows come out. I'm looking at Penny's rotation. I'm looking at how the freshmen are going to come in, participating and, and performing at the next level. And I'm looking to see how those returning guys are going to perform and have their progress any since last year. Yeah, man, that's that's a lot of great points you brought up there, man. And I cannot wait uh, to see them in action in the Bahamas coming up real, real soon. And you know what? Is it just me? It seems like they've gotten um, – They've gotten bigger, you know, because I know it seems like they've been, they've been going through a lot of rigorous different training or whatever. But it seems like they've kind of built up some muscle on these guys. Now, I, I think, um, Josh, and that's what I was going to point out. The biggest yeah. thing I think out of the off season is the fact that physical fitness is right at the top of the agenda in terms of building muscle. Uh, in, in the case of Lester Kiona, cutting fat. Uh, but you can see it with James Wiseman. Uh, Precious with you and a lot of those guys. Some of those guys came in with a solid foundation, but when you when you listen to the quotes from the uh, strength and conditioning coach, he breaks down the strengths and weaknesses of each player and what he wants to see out of them. And so, not only that, the flexibility, you know, the the different training regimens that they're going through. So not only are they they using weights, uh, but they're also doing plyometrics. They're in the sand. Uh, they're simulating game like. Things game like whether it be defensive slides incorporated into drills, and which we've seen those on the football field, on the sand, on the. In fact, they're they're using all the terrain that Memphis has to offer. We've seen them on the River Bluff, Bill Street Landing. Yep. Um, and so, I think that just obviously that gets the fans excited. But for the longest, I've wanted to see Memphis players get bigger in the offseason. We've seen it where guys will, you know, pull up Pierre Niles or Mike Park and say, "Hey, I lost thirty-five, forty pounds." But what I want to see is a guy say, hey, I, I picked up 10, 15 pounds in the offseason. I put that on my frame. And so that's what I'm looking forward to the most, And in, in addition to the fact that with the versatility and the depth this team has, defensively they should really be able to get at the guys, really be able to turn the basketball over uh, out in transition and, and uh, in the backcourt and in the frontcourt. And also I want to see them forcing it to the baseline. They have two of the more elite athletic shot blockers in the country in Wiseman and Precious Achua. If they're able to force the ball to the baseline and cut it off, if guys want to get a shot off on the baseline, that's where your shot blockers will come from when you help side defenders. And Wiseman and Achua are elite in that manner. So 
that's what I really want to see uh, from a defensive standpoint from the Tigers. I want to see Penny forcing those guys to the sideline to the baseline because if you can keep guys out of the middle and they're coming up with a layup or a floater, nine times out of ten, one of those two guys, or even like a guy like Ryan Boyd, is going to be putting on the glass, Lance Thomas. So they're just blessed with a, a plethora of wings, of guards, of uh, defensive-minded bigs, even Damian Bars of the world. I mean, they're just loaded. They're just loaded. So, you know, I want to see Biggie, Boogie Ellis out there. This is one of the deepest teams that, that, that the Memphis Tigers have put on the floor. And uh, it's, it's good that they get a chance to go out to the Bahamas and get ready because they've got some early – games that are coming up in not only uh, non-conference, but in the conference that are going to be on the national stage. They're going to be able to, to, to show themselves well. So this is going to be an exciting, an exciting time for uh, Memphis basketball fans and for the American Athletic Conference in, in general. Oh, yeah, no question. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at um, who they're going to be playing in the Nassau Bahamas, which is actually uh, coming up next week, uh, where they're going to take on the Commonwealth Bank Giants who are the two-time defending New Providence Basketball Association champion. And then Wednesday, the Bahamas national team. And let's see, Saturday, uh, that's going to uh, yeah, Saturday, Royal Talent Elite at 11 a.m. on Sunday. So then they'll play another game to be determined. And to talk about Commonwealth Bank Giants, uh, Temple defeated that same team. Uh, Saturday in the Bahamas, 98-96. to 96. So I guess that's showing if you want to have somewhat of a basis of how good the teams that they're going to be playing are. Um, so it looks like they're going to at least get a real look at what they got and how they look as a unit. Hey, Josh, can I, can I add something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to put ESPN, Fox Sports Net, I want to put all those guys on the jackass wall because oh. you can't you can't tell me which we've saw we've we've already seen it. If Kentucky had the number one recruiting class, remember when they did? They went to the Bahamas and they had every game on ESPN. You yep. can't tell me if Duke didn't have the number one recruiting class, they wouldn't be all over ESPN. Can't yep. tell me if North Carolina didn't have the number one recruiting class, they wouldn't be all over ESPN. It is a non-power five bias against teams that aren't in the Power Five, man. You can't tell me there is no reason that the number one recruiting class in America with the consistent number one player in America, they're going to be playing against teams over in the Bahamas, and you can't tell about them? Not one game? It's bogus. It's lame. It's it's fucker stuff. You know what I want to say. Oh, yeah. That is straight trash, man. So ESPN, Fox Sports Net, whatever else network, y'all on the jackass wall, man. If you're going to hate, just say you a hater. It's okay. Admit it. Admit it. It's okay. <laughs> Admit that you hating. Hey, man, get that hater after hard, man. It ain't good for you because y'all going to have to eat this from this season, man. <laughs> Josh, they're going to have to eat it, man. All that hate, they're going to have to eat it this season, man. So. I just want to put them on the jackass wall. That's all right. Y'all ain't got to put us on TV in the Bahamas. Y'all damn sure got to put us on TV coming the regular season, though. That's all I got to say, man. That's it. That's it, Justice. You got anything to add to that, though? When, when Evan goes in, I I don't even need to add anything. I think he said it best. I was on campus uh, as a graduate student when Derrick Rose arrived on campus. I was on campus when when that uh, that Lawrenceburg group, and I was an undergrad. In fact, Sean Williams, uh, Andre Allen was was there the previous year. Rodney Carney, Darius Washington, those guys were returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Dozier, Sean Williams, who I just mentioned, uh, Kareem Cooper, Chris Douglas, Roberts, Antonio Anderson. That class comes in, and Memphis basketball under un, in, during that era was never the same because they just came in and just shell-shocked people. And so I'm, I'm just ready to, to see that once again. The time is now, and uh, when it when it happens, you just got to kind of sit back and, and you got to really savor the moment because I, I often say this, tomorrow's not promised. And so it's not promised that you're going to get another number one class like you have now. So it's up to Kenny 
the Memphis staff and those players to go out and, and do what what execute and do what they need to do. But, but they got the talent. They got everything. And so I'm just ready to, to turn on uh, ESPN or be there, courtside, uh, wherever we are, uh, and just and just cover this show that that is Memphis basketball under Penny Hardaway and, and his staff. Absolutely. History in the making is what we're ready to get ready to watch, man. So I cannot wait for that. But uh, speaking on the basketball tip, um, talking next here is Team Thad and what's been going on with them. As a man, kind of give us an update on Team Thad and Matthew Morrell and all the stuff that uh, they had going on this summer. Uh, since school was about to get ready to start, man. But a lot, Team Thad had a lot of great stuff going on. Well, it was a it was a huge summer for the entire team bad program. Uh of course you had the seventeens, man. They were the first uh team in the state of Tennessee actually to win a shoe circuit. Um so team that they won the UA under armor finals and that program right now, man, is 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 just a machine. I mean, you have uh the founder, Thaddeus Young, who's actually been uh invited to he's actually there now. Uh, work out with Team USA and train the camp. Uh, so that's a big thing for the program as well. But you got guys like Matthew Morrell, man, top top 50 player in the country. He's heavily recruited by all the blue bloods, all the high majors. Uh, a lot of people in Memphis would like to see him as a Tiger. Uh, of course, as well documented that his former high school coach, Faraji Phillips, is now at Vanderbilt. Uh, and, and a lot of guys have gotten a lot of recognition. You got Cam Luke Matthews. He holds a Memphis offer. Uh, he's one of the hottest players in the country now for what he did on the U.A. circuit. I mean, you see him on Slam uh, Magazine, sort of pages just dunking the ball all over defenders. So, I mean, Team Thad is one of the hottest AAU programs in the country, no matter if it's Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. And you had uh, their 14 U teams. You had two of those teams uh, go out to nationals and finish in the top ten. You had the 15, you did well. You had the 16. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for a short commercial break before the next segment of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. No doubt, no doubt, man. And I'm going to tell you, it's it, it's amazing what the team Thad's doing, man, how they're just dominating uh, what's been going on this past summer. And talk about, um, you know, some of these guys, when you talk about uh, Matthew Morrell, um, or or even Cam Matthews, or either anybody else that you feel like needs to be highlighted outside of the big names. Who do you feel? Do you feel like there's some guys that have improved what they've done or improved their stock? Well, what do you think? Well, of course you know about um, Cam and you know about Matthew, but it's this, it's this kid named Detrick. He's over from Marion High School. He just received an offer from Arbor, uh, Bruce Pearl. That kid raised his stock this summer. Uh, and that's that's what the program is all about, giving uh, kids opportunities. There was a poor guard named Tyson. Uh, a lot of people thought he probably was a JUCO or D3 kid. That kid ended up starting on the UA Finals championship team. They get in the lab. They have guys working at the uh, team that facility working guys out 24-7. I mean, you could go in there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Somebody's going to be in there training. They're going to have a shooting gun out. You know, somebody's going to be there working kids out, and they are literally running the machine over there. And I, I'm not saying that because, you know, I, I coach for the program. I'm not saying that because I know the guys in the program. I mean, the work and the results speak for itself, period. So, I mean, that program and the players they're producing, if you look at them, none of them started where they ended up ranked. None of them. None of them started off where they ended up ranked. So that just tells you every time a player go to that program, they're improving their stock. Definitely, definitely. Definitely, man. So, Justin, anything you got to, to say on uh, what, what Evan had to say there? Well, I, this is not the first time Team Fed has won a big-time tournament. And, and of course, um, and that was the, the last time it was the, uh, the Fab 48, that team with Robert Woodard, uh, I believe Damian Bob was also on that team. Tyler Harris. Tyler Harris, the kid that went to Georgia. Uh, what was the shooter's name? I I, I forget his name now. Jaquan Walton. Jaquan Walton. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about just some big-time talent. And so team, Team's had, they've done it before, and, and they're, they're likely to do it again. Uh, Matthew Morell is a genetic freak. I mean, the kid's not but six foot two, six, you know, six, two and a half, but with the way he jumps, I mean, taking off from the free throw line, the elevation he gets on the jump shot, the biggest, the big shots that we've seen him make, not only in AAU sessions, but in high school seasons to, to put teams out when it's, when it's lose or go home in, in the sub state, send the team to the state. He's done that. And he's, he's, King Thad is certified, Samson approved, but Matthew Morrell, uh, whether he becomes a Memphis Tiger or not, he is a big time player. He's got a chance to be an all conference performer in any conference that he, he lands in. And, uh, that kid just has a bright future. But I think the biggest re- revelation, uh, out of Team Thad's camp this week was, uh, young Dolphin Key Glock showing up at the, uh, form, uh, training facility. You know, when Paper Route Empire comes in, you know, uh, fresh on the uh them dropping their new album Dumb and Dumber. I think you gotta give up some put some respect on the uh Team Thad and, and Young Dolph's name. And he, Young Dolph's in the news right now, obviously for making some comments about him putting Memphis rap on, but and I kinda sided with him. Not not putting down the the old rappers that I love, you know, three six mafia eight ball N J G player fly, yo Gotti but I feel that at least in this current era that it's his time, uh, along with the Key Glocks and the uh, the Blackboard JBs, the NLE Choppers, the Moneybag Joes. I think it's the new generation of uh, rappers that have, that have come up, in some cases with a label or without a label. And uh, so rather than putting Memphis guys against each other, I'm, I'm just going to say uh, – you know, Team Thad, Paper Route Empire, all, all that, man, big ups to them for, for what they're doing and uh, just bringing the city together. That's what it's all about. So you saw a lot of South Memphis and Walker Holmes, Mitchell High guys, and and, and that's what it's about, Hamilton High School. But you got to give it up for those guys and what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's best, you know, we don't bring up last time uh, Dolphin. You know, another Memphis rapper got into it, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, that, uh, yeah, we, we're not going to bring that up. <laughs> Definitely not, man. But uh, moving on here, uh, if we want to go into uh, another prep athlete uh, that's been killing it as of late, Kennedy Chandler, the guy who we on the Liberation Sports Podcast got the first interview with uh, with him and his father, as a matter of fact, um, and uh, talked about his takeoff, and it's even taken off even more. Uh, around the country, man. As I talk about Kennedy and his uh, rise on the national scene. Well, before we uh, hopped on air, man, I, we were talking uh, as we were pre-gaming. I, I told you guys, man, it was always on the cusp. I mean, that kid worked so hard, and uh, I hear he was even he was just as good as in football as he is basketball, uh, which is kind of crazy to me. But I mean, the kid just. Uh, mentioned Matthew Morell is just a freak of nature. That's Kennedy Chandler. Uh, I know you guys saw um, him dunking all over Jalen Green after he stole his ball. No disrespect, Jalen. We hope you become a Tiger. Don't take that personal. But, you know, that's big-time stuff from an 11th grader. Uh, and I, I know you guys earlier this summer saw him just straight up annihilate a kid on a dunk. I don't even know why he jumped over at the summer league at Briarcrest. And I was actually standing right next to his father, Kylan, when the dunk happened and the crowd just went crazy. Uh, but that's the type of tenacity that kid plays with. I think he's, I'm going to go out and say it, I think he's going to be the next Matt Donald All-American out of Memphis. He's that good. And, wow. you know, that kid right there, he led Brian Chris to a state championship last year. He's the kind of kid, I'm going to put it to you like this, I myself personally haven't seen a a high school player make younger kids want to go to a school where they're at just to play with them, just to be around them, even if they don't make varsity, like Kennedy Chandler does since Daddy Jean was at Mitchell High School. Dad had people who weren't even playing basketball going to school at Mitchell who didn't even live in Walker Homes. Uh, huh. I lived out east coast of Hatch Crossing. Hell, 30% of our school lived out there. And they were coming to Walker Homes. And I don't got no nothing against my school. I love my alma mater. We want no five-star school when it comes to education. Sometimes we miss some pages out of our books. But the level of excitement 
sports brings to schools, you can't deny it. So I think Kennedy Chandler is the next special player out of Memphis. I think he will be a McDonough All-American in that 2021 class. You got uh, uh, Jonathan Lawson, top 60 kid. You got Jalen Brown, top 60 kid. Those two are at Wooddale together with Coach Lawson. I think that's another state championship out of two-way for Wooddale. You got yeah. Applewhite. I mean, you got Kennedy Chandler. You got Mason Miller, uh, Mike Miller's son. You got Matlock's son. It is so much talent out of that 2021 class. If you are a Memphis fan, your eyes just got to light up. You got to put a big smile on your face because you know at least some of them come to Memphis. Oh, yeah. I think, I think there's another uh, kid from Briarcrest also in that class, uh, six foot eight, six nine. David, uh, was it David Dixon? Younger brother of uh, Elizabeth Dixon, who was a McDonald's All-American a couple of years ago, coming out of Okay, yeah, who, who who ended up signing the Georgia Tech, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, Dixon is in that class, too. Uh, I want to say he played with CP3 a couple summers ago. I'm not sure who he played with this past summer. But uh, he's another guy that's going to be a high major in that 2021 class. Definitely, definitely, man. So great to see uh, what, what's happening with Kennedy, man. It's really amazing. To see, you know, it's just going to go continue to go up from here. No question. And, and, and Josh, I just want to make some comments on Chandler as well. Yeah. Defensively, sure. the way he picked uh, Jalen Green's pocket on that play. Oh, Cleverness, relent, and then not only that, the quickness to take two bounces, take off running, and already be in the rim. That's something I have not seen out of a Memphis point guard in a long time. And then we're talking about Kenny Chandler, I think, is arguably the best true point guard to come down the pipeline since uh, Penny Hardaway and, and Elliott Perry. I mean, he just gets it done in so many ways. Um, obviously, he had the big seven-footer to just throw lobs to from anywhere. But his ability to pass, his ability to control tempo, his ability to lock down on ball defense, um, he, and he gets it, he's got two more years of high school left. So just imagine – and, you know, people, some people are crazily uh, critical of his jump shot, which I don't see because I see the kid make almost 40% for three during the EYBL. But imagine if he continues to prove in some small little areas how good this kid can be. I mean, I think he could be the college version of Jason Williams or, or you know, I mean, or the Memphis version of, of that, you know, regardless of where he goes. And I'm talking about the Jason Williams that played at Duke. I, I, I think that's how good – uh, Kennedy Chandler is. He can do whatever he wants on the basketball court. So I'm just excited to see him and him play out these last two seasons over at Briarcrest. And, um, I definitely expect him to be a, a top 15, top 10 player and a McDonald's All-American when it's all said and done. And one of the great players to ever come through Shelby Metro basketball. That's a great point you bring about Jason Williams. I hadn't even thought about him in a long time. But uh, he's a guy people forget about. He's a great college player. Uh, no question. He, but he runs like Mo Williams. He runs on his toes. It's like he's on a bicycle with the basketball. Mm-hmm. You're going to cut him off. But if it, I don't care who it is. It, it could be anybody. Anybody in that class, if they press up on him or even a 2019-2020 kid, he's going right by you. And and he could finish in a, in a multitude of ways off of either leg. And, you know, he's got the Iverson uh, roll going hard left using the right hand. Uh, he just has some things he just can't teach. But – you know, he he put it, he put the work in in the gym and, and with his physical training with Shabazz and uh, you know I know he's done off season work with Javante Holmes and and just everything he's doing uh, you know big big credit to him and uh, Kyle and Chandler uh, who who you know the, both of those guys won the show in fact before he really truly burst out onto the national scene so hopefully you know we could get him back on uh, I think that was right before he went to those USA trials but that mm-hmm. kid is amazing absolutely absolutely man. That's why you can get great content like that right here on Deliberation Sports. Great interviews and stuff like that, no question about it. But last thing I want to get to, guys, uh, here on the podcast for today, Grizzlies News. Uh, of course, they've had a very, um, uh, <laughs> trying to see how to describe this offseason, very different in a good way uh, as far as the rebuilding process for the Grizz. Uh, uprooting and uh, totally turning inside out the front office, new head coach, new team, everything. Um, and that includes a new mindset of the new front office uh, with now 
Uh, Coach Taylor Jenkins' coaching staff is now set. He has his complete staff in place, including the newest uh, addition that's made the most news today was uh, the the signing of um, let's see Neil Ivy, uh, who is uh, the former head assistant at um, Notre Dame for multiple years for quite a while during all the Final Four runs they made. And she played there before that. So now uh, she will be the ninth assistant, female assistant coach coming into the NBA. And uh, she's going to be on the Grizzlies bench, guys. Uh, Evan, I'm going to start with you, man. How are you feeling about this? Uh, I'm the type that male, female, kid, or adult, if they're qualified, give them a chance. Uh, okay. I just I think it's so impressive how women are, you know, for the longest, you know, they talk bad about the WNBA. They said women couldn't do this, couldn't do that. I just think it's so amazing how far uh, the women, the woman gender has become so much more respected when it comes to sports. Uh, She's a capable mind just like anybody else. Uh, She's a a basketball mind just like a, a, I'm not putting her on a status, but of a Greg Popovich, who was one of the first, if not the first head coach to hire a female assistant in Becky Hammond. So I am really, really excited about it. Anything that represents growth within uh, our world, even if it's in sports, I'm all for it. So I hope she comes in, does a great job, and I'm rooting for her. Definitely, no question. Same here. Um, Justice, what about you, man? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about uh, Coach Jenkins? staff uh, now that it's complete and that's moving on to the next step. I like the staff. I mean, you hear some names you, you haven't heard about in addition to uh, Coach Neil Ivey. Uh, James Sweeney Penn, who was a, an All-American uh, back at uh, Ohio State in the Big Ten. Uh, he's on that staff. I, I like it. I, I like everything about the really new direction under this, this current front office and regime. Obviously, um, it actually predates this particular front office when they made the move to draft Aaron Jackson. That kind of set the stage, and then you look up, you win the draft lottery, you end up with John Morant, and then the, the series of off-season moves and trades they made that put them in a position where I can see in three years they're going to be knocking on that championship window. People think I'm crazy, but uh, I'm just paying attention. I'm just looking at how the Grizzlies are, are making strategic moves, and if uh, the optimist in, optimist in me is correct, and if guys like Josh Jackson do pan out in a Memphis Grizzlies uniform, then all I can say is watch out. Watch out there now. Uh, that's why I need that, uh, that voiceover <laughs> coming in right there, Josh. You got that watch out there now for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm see what I'm conjured up for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but seriously, uh, I like the direction they're headed. And uh, hiring a, a, a female coach just puts the Grizzlies on the next stage of uh, being a cut-and-end organization. And so they're following in the depths of the uh, – San Antonio Spurs, and, and I look for Jaron Jackson and Ja Morant, uh, albeit if they're healthy, to be with this organization for a long time. So uh, big ups to the, to the Grizzlies for what they're doing. Definitely, definitely. And how are y'all feeling um, about the new or the, uh, the throwback jerseys? Uh, that was big news that came out as well. Throwback jerseys, throwback court, you know, all that, that kind of. Well, I call this. I call this. In fact, I, I pulled it up on Twitter. I've always maintained that the Grizzlies' old jerseys, not only the, the black Memphis alternate, but the uh, the teal uh, Vancouver set was, was without a doubt, the best colors they've worn. So if I could only take it one step further, it would be to not have Vancouver on there and just have Memphis Grizzlies and let that be their uniforms to the end of time. But it is what it is. You know, if they go with Vancouver, no problem with paying homage to, to what they were, but I just like the color scheme, and I'm glad because you know one of you know one of the local podcasters, uh, you know, he, he had some things to say about it, uh, and we we would kind of go back and forth. And Jaron Jackson and John Morant put all that to rest once he once they came out and said, "Oh, we like it." It was like, "Oh, this, this thing flipped real quick," and everybody was on board. So that's all we needed. But the power of Twitter is, is something real, and and. Uh, Photoshop, and once they put those jerseys on those guys, so I'm just ready to see if Penny's gonna drop some phone pockets or, or drop some uh, some new Penny color schemes, colorways. Um, oh. But whatever it is, I'm getting it. Trust me. Whoever, whatever <laughs> Nike drops or whatever 
you know, it could be Adidas or Hawaii. I'm, I'm going to get it. But I, I just love those colors, and I can't wait to put on the outfit. Definitely, definitely, man. I can't wait. Can't wait for it, man. But looks like uh, let's Evan. Uh, if you got something in, I know we gotta gotta wrap up real quick here. Uh, but let's see. I don't know if you had anything to say on it, man. We just wanna wanna wrap it up there. Okay, yeah, I think that answers it right there. <laughs> Definitely. Evan is speechless. Yeah, he's he speechless. <laughs> no doubt, man. But Justice Man, I'm gone and let the people know how they can follow all things deliberation as we uh, close this out here. They can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, Instagram, and Facebook at Deliberation Sports Podcast. We also have a Facebook group, Deliberation Sports Community. And to subscribe, they can do so via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Pocket Bean Podcasts, or anywhere that Pocket Podcasts are hosted, just look for the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. So, man, without any further ado, we appreciate y'all for listening, for checking us out, for tuning in, for downloading. And um, that's for the Deliberation Sports Crew. I'm Josh Midget, along with Justice Bold and Evan DeVold. And we will talk to you guys next time. Memphis, 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 Memphis,